Hello fam, this is Ro and you're listening to Sick of Being Sick. Please follow, like, subscribe or do whatever it is that your app does to listen to our upcoming episodes. Hello fam, thank you for tuning in to this episode. As you may see from the cover art, I am doing a little uh, Friends series and about a month ago in November for my birthday, around 20 of my friends flew to Madrid from all over the world to celebrate my birthday with me. And that just gave me the idea of sitting down with every one of them and not all 20, but some of them, the closest ones, um, and asking them about their experience on, you know, processing having a close friend going through a diagnosis as such. I know that if one of my friends were to go through something like this, I would probably react really different than what I'm reacting to to myself. So just having those open conversations, um, get ready for some tears, a lot of honesty, and very enlightening conversations. Thank you so much, Kendall, for joining me today uh, to chat about friendships and cancer. I oh wanted to, to kick it off with... Um, the question on how did you feel when you first found out about what was happening with me when I was in the hospital? Oh boy. Well, I'm probably going to cry everyone. So just (laughs) fair warning. Um, well, the first, the first time I found out that you were in the hospital was because (laughs) you're ridiculous and sent me a photo and it was just like, (laughs) literally, a selfie of you in the hospital bed with like no context. And you were just like, I'm not going to Croatia anymore. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and so naturally I was in my apartment. I forget what time it was exactly, but I just remember looking at Sam and being like, oh my God, like Rose in the hospital. But I just had no idea what had happened. So I thought that you had done something stupid. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on? So then obviously... I like tried to get in touch with you, but you were in the hospital and didn't have your phone as I later learned. Um, So you weren't responding to me. So then I just proceeded to like continue to freak out more. And then you texted me and you were like, message Marta or Jake. So then I got on the phone with Jake um, and he was the one who then explained to me that you had a tumor um, and that you were in the hospital for that. Um, which was really obviously terrifying, but at that point, you know, what had, or what was being communicated was that the doctors thought that it was benign and that it was just a mass. So, I mean, yeah, I think that like at that point it was kind of one of those things where it was like terrifying, but also it sounded like they had it under control and I was grateful that they didn't think it was cancer though. I mean, there was obviously the, um, the potential for it to be, but I just, I don't think that my brain even was able to like process that that was an option. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of how I, I guess I first found out. And then, I'm, uh, yeah, I guess. And then obviously like throughout the, um, like the prep process of you getting ready for surgery and everything, we all had that group chat, uh, which was really helpful. Cause I just think that all of us were really scared and 
So it was nice to have, you know, like Jake in there giving updates. And like if Martha talked to Chris and like Chris would jump in and give updates. And I think you and I chatted like a couple times, but again, you didn't really have your phone. Um, so yeah, when you went into surgery, we, I, I mean, it was really scary, but it, it was in the middle of the night. So in the US. Um, so I woke up and you were out of surgery and there was like all of the updates of like it had gone really well and they got everything. Um, so yeah, I just think that there was like this huge moment of relief and obviously then all of like the photos of your scars were going around and like, I just <laughs> like rose such a badass. Um, but yeah, I, I was like so happy and relieved and just like grateful that it had gone so well. And then here comes the tears. Um, obviously then when you found out you had cancer, it was devastating. Um, I just, I, I woke up to the news, um, you know, a few days later after you guys had found out and it had been then shared in the group. And I, at first I was just in shock, as I'm sure everyone was. Um, Sam had already gotten up and was in the kitchen. Um, and I was just kind of like s still in bed staring at my phone for a second. And then I came out and he was sitting at the kitchen table eating breakfast. And I just looked at him and was like, Roe has cancer. And he, I, I just think that there was like so much shock in general. And then I didn't really know. I, I don't know. I, again, like the feelings of grief that you've already touched on and everything like in your previous episodes, I just think that first it was, it was truly just this level of like, no, you know, like there's no way that that's actually happening. Like she doesn't have cancer. She's fine. They said it was uh, just a mass. And then as the honestly just even that day progressed I just like had so many moments of just like breaking down and crying and um yeah also just sometimes for no reason and that kind of happened I mean it still happens <laughs> but um yeah I just remember just such a immense level of shock and devastation and feeling of just like unknowing um of what was next and like wanting to be there for you but like not really knowing how because how can you even grasp the feeling of going through something like that and like the level of you know, like I felt all of these emotions, of course, but like then having the awareness to be like, if I'm feeling this amount of emotional roller coaster, then like I can't even imagine what you were going through. And so it was just processing through like, how can I be the best friend and the best support system for you? Yeah, I think for me, it was like, similarly to everybody, I think the group consensus was very much of a shock. Because yeah. the terminology around it at this at the start was so confusing. Yeah. Even for me, like whilst I was in the hospital and they like 
the CT scan results came back and they're like, there's no metastasis. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was yeah. like, I didn't even think about this word. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's also so confusing because they did remove the whole mass, but with the brain, you can only assume that they remove 99%, which is like, I don't even like saying myself, I have cancer just because I want to manifest that it's not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and that surgery did take it out. So I kind of changed the wording around it in terms of like, I'm going through cancer treatment more so than I have cancer. Just because I, I feel that. so good. You know, like I I feel like I just did a 30 minute workout and biked like 12 kilometers. You know what well, I mean? Well, we also just spent like a full week with literally like 20 people. And that's so draining. And you were like, go, 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 go. Like the whole time. Yeah. So <laughs> adrenaline. <laughs> like it was insane. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. Yeah, I can I totally understand how like it was so confusing for everybody, just as it was confusing for me. And yeah, so I guess like now that we've gotten talking talking about last week a little bit, I am curious to hear how your experience was from like, you know, we had chatted whilst you were in New York, we would FaceTime every so often and fuck around my, you know, <laughs> my bald head and like <laughs> just joke about it. And I had multiple requests for you to bring me from the US. So we did yeah. speak a lot of logistics. <laughs> but um, I'm just curious what your experience was like seeing me in person. Um, it's funny because I thought that I would cry when I saw you. Like I was, I was so prepared to have it be really emotional and it wasn't until your birthday dinner. And then I obviously was a blubbering mess, <laughs> but, um, no, I think that like going back to what you said about how you feel so good and you're feeling so strong and you feel like you seeing you was kind of just a confirmation that like the cancer hasn't changed you and it's not defining who you are. And that's so beautiful. Right. And so it wasn't really an emotional thing. It was just, I was so grateful to be there and grateful to see you and get to have time. Um, I think in general, there were so many people there. And so just all in all, like that tends to be pretty emotionally draining across the board for anyone because it's just so much like stimulation. So I found myself sometimes like just going away to like sit with myself and my thoughts every once in a while, but ultimately just was so, so happy to be there and like be in the moment and even just like be in your presence because that's what the trip was all about. It was, I mean, it was so much fun. We also did like so many things. <laughs> yeah, the trip was amazing. I really like something that you said um, just now saying that it does not define who I am. Yeah. I feel like the cancer journey is one that it's a bit tough sometimes from an identity standpoint because you do feel like I don't like, especially doing this podcast, I really struggled with the concept of like, I don't want to become my cancer, you know, yeah. like it's it's an it's a medium for me to communicate and to create like a platform for others but I really did not want to and I, I've tried so hard so hearing that makes me feel like a lot better about doing what I'm doing yeah. um so so thank you for that well I mean uh, it really doesn't I think you've had such an impact from I mean going back to even like the letter that I wrote you right like you are such a force in everyone's lives. And like, 
you just are such an incredible person and human being and have so many dynamics of who you are and like this this experience that you're going through and you know the process of going through cancer treatment not having cancer um is seriously just like another chapter in your story that you're writing right now and that doesn't mean that it's not challenging and it doesn't suck it sucks a lot and like I I wish I'm sure you wish that you weren't having to go through it but at the end of the day you are and I just think that you've, you have handled things with so much grace and like even just doing this podcast and like being a voice for other people going through the same thing or similar situations and similar challenges. Like you just constantly are putting other people in front of yourself and like, again, like not letting it define you, you're taking it in stride and bringing so many positives out of the challenges that you're facing this podcast for example yeah well thank you so much for that um i'm trying (laughs) but um the last question i have is is there anything else you would like to share with sort of like the cancer and support cancer community about you know friends going through the processing um of this as well yeah Um, I mean, I think that it's, it goes back to things that you've talked about in multiple episodes. Um, but one, like be there for each other. Like we, when everybody found out, even like the people who were still in New York just started doing weekly dinners just because it was better to be together. And, everybody's going through emotions. They may not be the same emotions. They may be similar. They may not. You may have similarities. You may not. But like, it's just, at least from my experience, it's better to find community and to be with like your people um, to feel supported ultimately at the end of the day and also to support other people who need your support. Um, Obviously, you know, if we lived closer to you, then I'm sure that it would have been kind of like a collective community where we would all be getting together in person rather than just keeping in touch virtually. Um, But in terms of, you know, friends going through the grief process um, and the acceptance process of finding out that a friend, a best friend, a family member, whoever who's close to them has cancer or is sick. I just think that it's the, it's the balance of figuring out what you need and also making sure that you are being the best friend that you can be to the person at the time and understanding what they need from you. Um, and just doing your best. I mean, there's no, there's no rule book and there's no guidebook and no one knows what they're doing. So it's just being okay with that and giving yourself a little grace and the others around you a little bit of grace too. Yeah. I love that. I feel like, um, a common thread that I have found speaking with friends is that they put a lot of pressure on them for like not knowing how to help. Yeah. And there, as you're saying, there really isn't a guidebook, but the best thing you can do is communicate even that. You know, because the moment you're not communicating, you're isolating the sick person and then it just spirals into like a not (laughs) so supportive situation. 
How did you feel? I mean, obviously, you've talked a lot about the three groups of people that you kind of identified. Um, what really was like your experience of that? Have, did you find that your close circle primarily was, you know, that third group of the people who were accepting of it and willing to help? Or did you find that it was really kind of across all three groups or, um, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. As a reminder, first group was mostly people who like, I knew they knew what was happening that they didn't even reach out. Second group was more so the overly positive, um, doing it for themselves sort of group. And then the third group was the accepting like, fuck, this sucks, but we'll fight it. I would yeah. say within my close friend group, it was mostly a mix of two and three. Which is normal. Yeah. Like, I feel Makes like... Sense. You know, if you don't, if 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 you're an avoider, you really want to. I would have probably done the same <laughs> pre this pre this experience. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would say a mix of one and two, and then for the most part, group one was people that um like second degree friends. You know what I mean? Like not yeah. your really close group of, of of friends, but people you've spent a long time with, and you would expect them to be there. In some way, or with even just like a nice message, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say mix of two and three. That makes sense. You know, when you started talking about that, this um, this comment popped into my head that I've actually thought about a lot. So, especially you know, when I talk about how we all went back to visit you last week, and then people are like, "Oh, did you go to Madrid for work?" Blah blah blah, and I'm like, "No." I actually went to visit my friend. There were like 20 of us. And so naturally they ask questions. And then I end up telling them that you were diagnosed with cancer. And the first thing that everyone says almost always is, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And it's so weird. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I got, I'm like, <laughs> and I just, I think that I've been thinking about it so much because that's so unhelpful. Yeah. But obviously people don't know how to re like respond in that moment when yeah. you're like, yeah, one of my best friends is battling brain cancer. <laughs> no big deal. And so they're just like, wow, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, yeah, I mean like me too, but it, like it's, <laughs> cool. it's life. Like what, what do you, I don't know yeah. what you're trying to do by like saying that. It, I'm guessing you've experienced the same thing. And with your diagnosis, like, did you experience a lot of people coming to you and just being like, wow, I'm so sorry? Or is there another response that you've gotten? And is there one that you would prefer? I Well, first, I want to touch on like, the the people who say that to you because I feel mm -hmm. like this is something that actually also happens to my family and specifically my sister mm -hmm. like the close group of people that we have around they will forget to ask their significant other or like their family member how they're doing <laughs> you know mm -hmm. going straight into I'm so sorry Kendall instead of how does that make you feel Kendall it's mm -hmm. a whole different response so I feel like for anybody who is who gets news like that or, you know, a friend tells you something like this, ask the person who is telling you how they're doing about it. Don't dismiss that they're also, you know, going through a processing period. Um, I have definitely gotten a lot of the I'm sorry's, but I also understand them. You know what I mean? Like it is, it's yeah. like, 
most of the time is like, I'm sorry, but I'm here if you want to talk about anything. Yeah. And I think the hard part is the I'm here if you want to talk about anything because I I don't have the energy to reach out to people who I don't know that well. You know what I mean? It's yeah. more like maybe other questions would be more helpful. Like, I don't know. I think something going back to what James said in the grief episode, like offering, you know, um, options. So like, like my aunt, how are you feeling today? Yeah, like my aunt went through cancer. Um, she's alive today. If you want to talk to her, that would be helpful. Things like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Or like, I've experienced this and this, this and this that, you know, at the end of the day, what I'm feeling right now is, is fear, but at the same time, strength It's So if you've empathized with those feelings in any moment in your life, we're probably going to be able to connect to a certain extent. So I think yeah. just offering that conversation versus just like reach out if you want to, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that that would be my, my main response. A, making sure that you're not saying just sorry to the people who tell you if they're not the direct person going through it and also taking care of those people. Yeah. Do you think that it, like when people have said, I'm sorry to you, because you said you get it. And obviously I get it too. But like, I don't know, something about that just feels weird to me, because it is it is sad. Obviously, it's devastating. But I just I don't know, I have a hard time wrapping around or wrapping my head around if that's actually like helping or hurting, because I also know you and I can imagine you being like, yeah, I'm fucking sorry too. <laughs> yeah, I think like it's I have, life. Like, yeah, exactly. Like it's life. Like I think for me, I have no ounce of anger, so I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I have pity parties for myself all the time. <laughs> like Which I you cry should. all the time, <laughs> but I don't. I don't feel sorry. Like I feel like I. Yeah, I don't feel sorry. I feel. Right now, I feel like quite at peace with what's happening to me, but I've. Also, this podcast has helped me process, and this podcast, my family, my therapist, every, so many, I have so many support systems, my friends, um, have really helped me come to this point where I'm like, you know, focus, you know how horses have these like two things so they don't look back on the, to the side. So I'm like, just focused on like this year. Um, so that answer, I'm so sorry. I feel this because like, it maybe is something that is putting themselves in. It's like making it a little bit about themselves to a certain extent. Um, yeah, I don't know if it, it, it never hurts me. I've just like heard it so much that I just roll my eyes and I'm like, cool, thanks. <laughs> you know, like, but I actually, my, my gut reaction most of the times when people say I'm so sorry is to say I'm okay. You know, like, it kind of bothers me that they say I'm so sorry because it brings a negative to a positive situation. If I'm feeling okay when people say I'm so sorry, I would say that that will be my main takeaway. Um, just like when one of you cries or like when, um, I don't know, when my parents are sad or something, I I just say I'm okay. Like right now I'm, I'm feeling okay. I'm probably feeling more okay than a lot of people who don't have this situation. So it's, um, yeah, I think that, that would be my main answer. It is truly remarkable that, I mean, you're just killing it. It's, you know, I think that in general, when you, you think of someone who's battling cancer, you think about what is 
on TV or, you know, these media spun ideas of cancer patients. Mm -hmm. And again, it kind of goes back to like how, at least for you, it doesn't define you at all. It's just kind of another like chapter that you're writing and your life story. And that's so cool because it's kind of just flipped the idea of sickness and cancer on its head a bit too, which like if there was anyone who was going to do that, it it would be you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're just, I mean, you're just a warrior. You're so resilient. The fact that you had brain cancer and had a tumor the size of a golf ball removed from your head, (laughs) and now you've gone through multiple rounds of chemo and radiation, and you're like sitting here telling me how great you're feeling and how you just worked out for 30 minutes. I'm like, God, I almost passed out my workout class this morning. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's, I just am so proud of you. You're killing it. And I mean, I'm proud of you for things other than cancer, obviously, but um, it's just incredible how resilient you are and how you've just risen to the challenge and you're like, fuck you, cancer. Yeah. Thank you so much. I actually, something that like has definitely been going through my mind so much is that, um, as you guys can probably tell, I have a very patchy um, haircut at the moment (laughs) because of radiation. And last night I just fell into like a hole where I was like, okay, what if it doesn't grow? Because it doesn't grow for some people. (laughs) It really doesn't grow for some people. And I was like, it's kind of (laughs) cool. I kind of just like, I'm really trying to work with acceptance as much as I can. I feel like, I don't know, um, I can only do as what's in my power and hair right now isn't in my power. So <laughs> um, I think like, you can do like crazy colors and designs and shit. Yeah, like, a so fucking cool. tat- head tattoo, cover the shit out of my, <laughs> <laughs> Lena's probably like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I, I really am trying to work with the acceptance component of all of this and like just being in the moment and I don't know you've probably realized that like the last week I probably was more present than like I have ever been in any of our yeah I mean we've known each other for like five four plus yeah. almost five years um so yeah 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 I, which was I mean last week was so special yeah truly. Like, it was just so much quality time which yeah. love language there you go girl <laughs> yes as unfortunate <laughs> Um, of a reason as it was like I feel like there really was there was like this underlying cancer thread obviously because you can't ignore it I'm fucking bold (laughs) (laughs) but um, it was really it was really so much about like all of us as friends and like kind of bringing the New York experience back together in Madrid and like what I really loved about it it was like very much a celebration of of life which is what I called it you know like I get to you know turn 27 that's something I'm so grateful for it wasn't a you know moppy sad PD party for Rao it was like a fucking celebration for life party for Rao yeah (laughs) like I had to go to an MRI and we went out the day before (laughs) 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 uh, which was great I think that if for anybody listening if you want to sleep through your MRI go out the night before don't drink but (laughs) just go out and get tired sleep for three hours and then in your MRI you'll pass out
Thank you to all my friends who came from all over the world to share my amazing birthday with me and took the time to sit down and chat about our experiences together. As you may have seen on Spotify, you can now rate podcasts on Spotify. So please head to the podcast page and hit that star button and give it a rating. As well as if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it if you were to rate a review.